CapsCorner.com podcast. CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, September the 23rd. <laughs> I always get to this point now where I look at the calendar and I think about like what we should be talking about or what, you know, what like we would have been talking about in like a normal year. And the fact, it just makes me laugh that like we're still like, this is game week first time such and such and such i was listening to terrell Janna the other day and he was talking about how like well we never actually got any closer than seven days and he said it in this way that like tried to make it sound like it wasn't hard or like it wasn't weird for the players but it certainly has been yes this is finally game week virginia opens its season finally uh saturday afternoon at home against duke 4 p.m acc network will televise uh if you if you have comcast i'm very sorry um but anyway, we're going to dive into this matchup against the Blue Devils. Obviously, we are um, we're excited to talk about real football. Um, and the last couple of weeks, we have <laughs> it's funny we did a whole thing about the 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 preseason you know predictions and stuff, and then we did prop bets, and then everything continues to change. But I guess that's sort of the nature of this beast. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First up in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? It's going pretty good, man. It's game week. Preparing for a big tailgate with my kids and wife at home. No, it's weird. It's still weird. Who Dave's on the board? Who is on Twitter? <laughs> nah, it's weird. And up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber also on the program. How's it going, my dude? It's going. Uh, game week, sort of pending. Whatever. I guess we'll see at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. I think. <laughs> and Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Guys. It's a great place for the in-game updates. And if we do, knock, I'm knocking on wood, like legitimate wood. Um, if we do get a game to have in-game updates, apparently I'll be there. Um, but if I just jinxed it, I apologize to everybody. <laughs> I just jinxed it. Um, content items in the occasional witty banter. Um, all right. First off. Are we at six months since the last in-game action? Uh, yes. Yeah. It was, I it think was, it's it was like March close to the date. 7th or something. Yeah, it was early. Eight? It was early in March. It was early. The last time Ferber and I, I guess the last podcast where we talked about a game that Virginia was scheduled to play was we from the hotel room in the borough talking about yep. Notre Dame. And UVA, you, I think they were playing Notre Dame. Yeah, the next day. Yeah, because Ferber and I had gone to that game that night, had the most, literally the most surreal experience of my life, which I'm pretty sure Saturday <laughs> is going to trump. Well, I don't know. Winning national championship. Anyway, whatever happens Saturday is going to be super weird. Um it provided happens knocking on wood again. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, it, it, we, we talked about how weird it was and how, you know, whatever we, we, we stopped that podcast and Ferber looked at me. He was like, they're, they're not playing tomorrow. Like just, that's just not happening. And I was like, man, I hope they play. And I remember I was, I was a late, I was the latest of the three converts, right? Dave was on it early. Ferber, um, Ferber came to the light very, uh, soon thereafter, and then I was the last one to be like, I went home. Yeah. Ferber, like, look, like, there's no reason for me to stay. This thing's getting canceled. I'm gone. Um. All right. So yes, it's been more than six months since since one of the two revenue sports um, played a game of of any description. Um, I guess before we get into Duke, I'm I'm genuinely curious. Like Dave made a joke in the th- we've been you know we've had this whole joke about you know is how many is optimism leading or whatever. What was the joke, Dave? That lined up for a field goal with 29 seconds left, but it was like a bad kicker, basically. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Let's I don't just know. say, let's yeah. remember the Penn State kicker from the game? They yeah, came? exactly. The blue what, kid. What was his name? Sam Ficken. Ficken, that's right. Yeah. He's in the and NFL. Ficken. Yeah. 
It's a twenty-nine yard field goal. He just had a bad day. And <laughs> he just had a really bad day. And Ficken's kicking. <laughs> Ficken's kicking. <sighs> I did think about it the other day during our props for the field goal. I was like, think about how bad the kicking was the first year under Bronco and how far it's come. Like there was oh, a Yukon game. There were a lot of different <laughs> kickers that came through that year, and, and uh, at Brian Delaney, I feel pretty good about. It, so onwards and upwards, I guess. Onwards and upwards. Uh, if you go back. Back through my like my iPhone videos uh, to that season, like pregame, I would take videos of the kickers warming up. Just because you know, that's how that's how big of a deal it was. You know, we were two and whatever at the point. But yeah, <laughs> that's, I said the name that of one the of them, and you were like, "Who was that?" And I was like, "He was the kicker." <laughs> yeah. There were so many. Yeah. I, I I very much appreciate that Dave just admitted that he would take pregame video. Of well, you the know kicker. where my seats are, so we got good view. So. They always say, like, a good kicker, you can hear the ball off. We weren't hearing much that year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's let's get away from that into much happier topics. Um, so, yes, optimism is is, is, is kind of, you know, doing its thing, making a little bit of a run, going to do its best. Um, h- how are we feeling? Not, just, not, not necessarily in the context just of whether we think the game is going to get played, but there's almost like this – catharsis of just you know it's not normal right like school started it's not normal right but there is a catharsis of doing something that feels like something you should be doing as opposed to like having to do other things that you wish you weren't doing if that makes any sense and i just was curious how how do we feel as game week finally arrives as we are tantalizingly close to actual football um has it sunk in yet Dave, let's start with you. Do you, do you think, like, do you ever think about it in the sense of like it's actually happening, or do you just not let yourself get there yet? Well, it's what it's Wednesday night recording. Wednesday night uh, game Saturday at four. I need YouTube TV to watch the game, um, so I haven't signed up yet. <laughs> it's like I'm waiting till Friday. Wow. Um, to get my you know. Well, it's a good thing we month. didn't put you in charge uh, of optimism. Yeah. No, it, it's it's. Like I'm, I'm more optimistic than I was before the season. I, actually, I was probably more optimistic yesterday than I am today. Like the the USF Notre Dame thing is a to a wrench into the whole equation. Like if you don't, you have a guy positive, but you're around people who were positive the week before. Um, uh, shouldn't affect us this week, you wouldn't think. But like it's something to an, another another layer you have to deal with as the season goes on. But yeah, I'm I'm looking. Looking forward to. I think as soon as the game starts, I'm a little curious. I don't know how I'm going to feel when the game starts because, you know, that's that's always been my like, you know, I, I don't see a psychologist because I get to yell at the screen or yell at the <laughs> yell in a stadium for four hours a weekend, um, <laughs> and I haven't had that. So it, it's going to be interesting. Like I, I'm curious to see how how quickly I get engaged. Like previous games, like how much the does this new reality affect how much. You know, how deep into the game I am. My guess is the first few minutes will be weird, and then it'll be right back to normal. But um, man, I'm looking forward to figuring it out. Dave, Dave, just like please kick the ball, kick the ball. Yeah, just kick, kick, kick the get ball. It started. I think you'll be fine at 401, but I think at 359 you're going to be ready to throw up. Well, I'll be watching like with a minute delay, so I'll be fine <laughs> a minute after you. Don't don't follow my tweets, um, <laughs> Ferber. What about you? I, I I'm a little bit sad that I, you know due to I guess. You know, because of distancing and the, and the lack of space in the box, there will only be a handful of us there. Um, we could only get the one credential. 
it's very strange for me to, to go to Scott Stadium without you there. Um, I don't know who I'm supposed to annoy with my whistling and singing and such. Um, I haven't had a chance to annoy anybody for a long time. Uh, so you will you will be missed for more than just that. But also, too, because I was really looking forward to, like, whenever they line up in a formation, just being like, Ferb, what do you think? What's this play going to be? Because you're, you're, you're going <laughs> to basically be like um, – um, like a card counter in Vegas, you know, like you're the guy who, who, who really carries the operation. How do you feel about this thing? Is it surreal to you that, you know, they're going to play in a game with the fans? Like what's, what do you, what do you think of going into the rest of the week? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that what Dave brought up about, um, you know, it's going to feel a little different to people. Like, I, I think that's true. Uh, the thing is, I think it does matter if you have, I mean, I don't, I'm sure you guys have watched some of the games that have already been played and it does feel a little different, you know, like, uh, I will say that when I was watching the Duke games this week for to preview them, just looking at what they've done, they felt like normal games to me, you know, when I was watching them, um, maybe it's just because I was looking for stuff, but it, it does feel a little different, you know, having the lack of atmosphere. And I think college football is one of the sports that will probably be hurt the most by it just because the the bands and the fans and everything are such an important part of the atmosphere and the sport and home field advantages and all that. Um, but I do think it's different when you have a dog in the fight. Um, just from my personal experience watching teams that I support play um, in, in, like, the NHL bubble or the NBA bubble or the Premier League with no fans, like – you know, it's a little weird at first, but you get used to it, and eventually it becomes, it feels like a real game. Um, like, the, the you know, it, it, the intensity and everything, it takes a little bit of time to pick up, but eventually, you know, it'll feel real. Um, yeah, my biggest thing is, like, not only is this whole season so weird, and, and Duke's obviously already played two games, and the sport's already underway without UVA, you throw that all on top of the fact that we haven't seen this team play. You know, we the new quarterback, um, a lot of new skill guys. You know, obviously the little differences here and there. Different guys on the roster elevated to starting positions or, or whatever. Um, that you know that just goes into any season opener. But when you throw all of this other stuff on top of it, it's definitely going to be surreal if you know w- when things finally get going. And um, I'm excited to see what this team can do against an ACC opponent and, and you know, kind of get a good chance to prove themselves against a team that I think they can beat. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that maybe it'll it'll probably take a little bit of time to get used to, but I think eventually everybody will settle in and, and just be happy that we have something to watch. Yeah, that's very true. Um, the thing I've been thinking a lot about is the no fans, right? Like – Listen, Scott Stadium has not always had, you know, the most, uh, let's say, the most um, fervent home field advantage. But, man, in, in recent years, it's gotten a lot better. And certainly for, you know, for big games and uh, moments when the team needed it, I, I felt like fans have really, even if the place has not been sold out, the fans that show up, man, they get loud. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about that the last few days. Um, it, it is going to be strange. And I think that that feeling, that uh, that odd feeling, will be inescapable for everybody who's there. But I don't know about the folks who watch it. Like most fans, um, you know, obviously watch games on TV because they're only you know there's only however many thousand that can be there. Um, Obviously, there are a lot more fans somewhere else, right? Um, And I've always thought that the people who go to the games, 
they have a different experience of the games. I, I you know, I've said before that like I, I with withheld watching the national championship game in the final four and stuff because I wanted to remember it the way I saw it in person, not necessarily the way it was called on TV or how it sounded or whatever. So I'm really curious what this will be like. I mean, for most fans, it will probably feel like they just didn't go to the game, except for the fact that like there will be a smattering of people, right? Um, Mandy Alonzo said something today that I almost don't want to repeat out loud because I don't want people to get upset. But he he made a point like, look, we you know it's going to feel a lot more, you know, like spring game. Um, and I know that the the attendance of the spring game is like a big, you know. Um, emotional football between <laughs> tech fans and UVA fans at times. But I think the players feed off that energy, certainly. But I also feel like that the whole foresight thing is not a, it's not like just PR. I mean, like they, 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 they actually practice it. Like Mandy said that for the last couple of years, they actually do that in practice. So like maybe they don't swag surf <laughs> in practice, but that, you know what I'm saying? Like they are, they are used to having to bring their own energy um, I don't think you're going to have any feel for like what it's going to be like until you get there. Now, I've seen some coaches say, hey, the kids actually responded a lot better to it than I thought. Um, and it's going to be super interesting to me to be able to hear, you know, open air press box. I should be able to hear some things on the sideline. Right. Um, my guess is they'll pump a lot of fake noise into the stadium. But still on the field, you're definitely going to be able to hear um, unless the noise is just like unconscionable um but you're gonna from, hear some stuff that you're not supposed to hear yeah you're gonna hear a lot of stuff you're not supposed to hear both from the you know the the expletive portions and the you know um the calls and stuff um I, I don't know there's a part of me that is um it's it's i'm sad right i'm sad that like i'm not gonna get there and drive to dave's tailgate and hang out for a while until ferber and i have to go to the stadium right uh i'm sad that like throughout the game i'm not gonna get a random text from Dave who, you know, who says like so-and-so just went in a tunnel or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad that I'm not going to get there and be able to, <laughs> to drive Ferber nuts with whatever random thing on the PA that gets in my head that, you know, squirrels around for a few hours. No, it's just like the Dave thing is always, the Dave thing is always he, something that he missed in like the 30 minute walk or whatever yes, up to the stadium. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, yeah, you know, so-and-so is not dressed and it's like, yeah, yeah, well, we, yeah, we were down. Yeah. We saw that. Um, <laughs> Or 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 we'll go to those with those whole sections of games where we don't hear from him and we're like, did he is he okay? Like, is he angry? Like, did did some opposing fan like take him out and then like ran? Yeah, every, and then like yeah, once or twice a season, it's like there was a crazy guy in my section and the whole section almost got in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> at least once, yeah, <sighs> yeah, at, at least once a year. Um, maybe you I'm gonna just invite some chicken. random person to your house to yell like random stuff to get you in the atmosphere. Yeah, I'm gonna be at the lake and like I can't imagine, I can't imagine. I'm, I'm gonna be watching on the deck at the lake, so I can't imagine how loud I'll be. It'll be my first game there, my last if we lose. Um, <laughs> as a true, as a, any as any true UVA fan would say. Um, yeah. but anyway, so like what I, what I was saying is just it is very surreal to me, and I'm sure it will be much more surreal on Saturday. But then that's just you know that's the new normal for a little while. Um, I think for for my purposes as a you know as a guy who has a message board, listen, the message board it can be at times a little bit quiet on game day because a lot of the people who are you know very posty would be in Charlottesville, and I don't know if. You know, folks out there know this or not, but sometimes the self service in, in Charlottesville can be a little bit weird. Um, 
so the idea that everybody's going to be at home watching it um, and commenting on it, um, I'm I, if it if it's a good game for UVA, that's a great thing. Um, if it's not, um, you know, throw the uh, under construction thing on the website. No, I, I I'm just I don't know the whole there's there's not I guess this is the way I was thinking about it. There's not a single aspect of the game that isn't impacted by the circumstances, right? Um, you know, I've I've never. I've never covered press conferences at Scott Stadium from the press box, right? Because I'm going to be doing Zoom calls. Um, there's no player access, so I don't do. I'm not shooting any video this year. Um, you know, the whole. I'm gonna. Who? Know, I don't have my my parking situation yet, but I don't know where I'm going to park. Like, there's just a lot of stuff in there that's just going to be weird. And I think that's that's the thing. I just want to experience it and get that first one out of the way. You know, so I can get a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just one of those people. I like to, I like to kind of know what I'm getting myself into. Um, side note, now that I've been to the national championship final four, Virginia, if you would like to go back, I would very much like to cover another one. Um, but anyway, I, I just think it's going to be weird. And certainly it's going to be weird for a lot of folks watching it and probably a lot of players. Speaking of players, let's talk about this matchup with Duke. So I, I, I asked Vince Bradis who handles the game notes at UVA. I reached out to him the other day and I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm right about this. Um, but, um, there's never been a time, right. Where UVA opened its season against somebody that was 0 two. And he said, that was not a note that he looked up. So I'm going to go ahead and say it, that this is the first time UVA is going to play a team that's 0 two. Um, and not just 0 two, right? Like they played two pretty, you know, what I would call reasonable opponents. I don't know how good Notre Dame is. I don't know how good Boston college is. I know that they're both reasonable opponents, right? So real games, um, Oh, and two in conference. Yeah. And they're Oh, and two in the ACC. Um, shout that out. was very weird to write by the way. In yes. Oh, and two, Oh, and two ACC. Yeah. Oh, and two, Oh, and two. Um, and they lost what looks like their best two cornerbacks. Um, one to, I guess he's got a bone fragment in his knee or his foot. And then another one to an ACL yeah. injury. Um, so what I thought was a formidable, formidable, um, Duke defense is now taking you know pretty pretty good size hit. Now we should dis- everything we're going to discuss from here on is like look as of right now you know we have we don't know the results of the Wednesday test so we don't know we're going to assume that everybody who is available who who should be available will be available. Let's just say it like that. Um, yeah, and I don't think we're going to get anything from Duke anyway because they're private. Yeah, so. that's true. Um, I got to be honest. But as far as I know, I don't think they had anybody out. Right. Yeah. The yeah. First two games. Um, I got to be honest, though. I, I watched that Duke game once I finally found it. Thanks, Verizon. Once I finally found it the other day. I was, <laughs> that was fun. No, it was not fun. It was not Brad, fun. Brad, for a quarter salty that he couldn't watch Duke and Boston College. Listen, man. I ha- Listen, do you know how bad I wanted to be able to just, like, scout somebody? Like, I wanted to be able to just watch a game and, and like, pay attention. You know? I was mm-hmm. really excited for it. And then I'm like scrolling through and I can't find it and I can't find it. And I'm like looking through the guide and I'm searching. Also, Verizon Fios changed its guide somewhere in here the last week or two, which is really angering me. And I can't find it. And then the ACC network is bl- is blacked out on my ESPN app. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? Well, then everybody else seems to be having it just fine. And I'm like, what the world? And then ultimately, Masson had And everyone's it. like, you're not missing anything. Right. <laughs> which I'm like, I don't care. I want to not be missing something. I want to be, I just want to hear like you know, whistles and such, you know what I mean? And like, you know, be watching the game I'm supposed to be watching. Ultimately it was in the, it just, the guide had not been updated. Um, but what I saw made me 
not nearly as optimistic about Duke and much more optimistic about BC. Uh, Dave, let's go back to you. How what's your what's your general sense of if Duke is any good at football right now? They're pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> I didn't watch the game live. I watched it the uh, on Monday because I didn't want to see it that much. Um, <laughs> but like Duke probably should have won that game. They they turned it over in the short field a few times, much like close to the end zone what twice i think it was um they're really physical you know especially on both lines they're they're very physical their front seven on defense is very good um i found myself thinking you know watching them in in both of the games like if their uniform wasn't duke i wouldn't be surprised like those guys their front seven is legit the back end was decent but you know not not spectacular um but when you got rump and, and the boys up front getting that much pressure that's a good thing. Their offense, I think, is a work in progress. You know, it's Cutcliffe is a guy who kind of picks his quarterbacks and grooms them. So having a transfer is new. Um, it's a lot of short stuff offensively. Uh, but again, like, I mean, I think it, it's you got to be disciplined. They, they run sound stuff. It's just, you know, they're, they don't seem to have anyone on offense who's going to take the top off. So it's going to be a, maybe what we see with Virginia, a little, you know, a lot of underneath stuff and trying to be physical and, hitting you with the run game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think their, their team is going to exploit your mistakes. Um, and if they can play clean football, they're a much better team. I mean, they had five turnovers Saturday. You're not going to beat anybody with five turnovers. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're better They're better than their record shows. Uh, I, I am oddly a little more nervous after watching them play the last two games just because when you're that physical and you're playing a team that hasn't hit anyone but themselves, like that's probably an advantage. And I think – it has a potential to be a close game, assuming both teams play clean. Um, so, you know, any advantage a, a team has over the other is going to be a big deal in a close game. But I, them having hit, you know, hit other people for two weeks while we, they don't have tape on us, which is an advantage for us. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it's, Virginia's got to play a clean game. Duke's always well coached. Bronco seems to have, schematically, seems to have pretty good handle of Duke's of what Duke tries to do offensively because it doesn't really look, I mean, at first I thought they were doing some different stuff, but it's a lot of what we saw last year from them just with a different quarterback. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say I'm, I'm confident that Virginia understands what they're doing, especially with, you know, uh, two games to look at. But if you think this is like, maybe I'm wrong. You guys can, can tell me I am, but it, it definitely looks like one of the more physical Duke teams we've seen recently. See, I was okay. I was not impressed with them watching them because I thought offensively they looked slow. I thought they looked. Um, I didn't think that BC was doing a whole lot of to to basically cause the issues that Duke was having. Um, I thought that coming out of that game, I thought, you know what, Virginia's defense is really going to give them problems, and I feel like that's going to lead Virginia's offense to be in some short fields, which I think would negate some of the advantage that Duke's defense would have over Virginia's offense simply because, you know, like you said, they haven't – Virginia's offense hasn't played, da, 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 da. But you lose your top two cornerbacks, um, and I know Duke is recruited at a higher level. I just don't know how quickly when you have new faces in different places, when you don't have film of the – you know what I'm saying? Like, and listen, I'm not someone who subscribes to the idea that Virginia's going to be the same offensively. I, I think it's going to look and feel different. I expect Brennan Armstrong to go a little more tempo. I don't think it's going to be – um, you know, the kind of fast we saw this staff have at BYU, but I do think he's more comfortable going a little faster. 
Um, I, I would not be surprised to see a lot more running from him than, you know, design, you know, actual read option stuff. Um, everything I hear about the dude is that, you know, he's decisive, um, makes quick decisions that helps them go faster. Um, I, I'm not saying that I feel like I, sh- I want to change my pick and put, you know, UVA to win by 90, but I do feel kind of, you know, a lot more comfortable with those, with that injury news, um, considering, you know, if you look at sort of just the, the makeup of this game, um, you know, two defenses, two offenses that have some question marks, new quarterbacks, that kind of thing. Um, I, I tend to go with the one um, who kind of has its stuff together a little bit more. And I look at Virginia offensively, and I think even though it's we haven't seen it, um, it's it, it 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 seems to me like you can scheme around some of the pressure. I think that Duke can bring. I don't think you can scheme around the versatility that Virginia's defense can bring against. You know what I'm saying? Like I just don't. I just don't think Duke has the pieces. I think that's a good way to frame it. I don't think Duke has the pieces to be able to scheme around Virginia's um, strength defensively the way I think Virginia can scheme around some of what Duke does defensively. For what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that everything both of you guys said is pretty spot on. I mean. I think Duke is better than what they would show on paper just because, like Dave said, the turnover thing. Like, And not only the turnovers, it's like their turnover luck has been pretty bad. Um, they fumbled the ball five times and lost them all. And I don't think they've recovered one fumble on defense. So, I mean, like that stuff is usually bound to, to turn at some point. I mean, obviously you don't want to put the ball on the ground ever, but um, that's something that, you know, if you flip a couple of those, that BC game could be completely different. Um, not to say, even if they had beaten BC close, that doesn't necessarily, it's not a huge ringing endorsement for Duke because Boston College is probably not going to be that great. Um, but, I mean, I, I think going back and watching what they do, I think what Dave said is right. Like, it's really similar from what I can see to what they did with Daniel Jones. It's a lot of pistol stuff, shotgun stuff. Um, quick runs, little like off, like out, you know, counter runs, off tackle runs. Uh, th- the passing game is designed to get the ball out quick. Um, I think Duke's offensive line isn't bad, but I think Cutcliffe understands that if they can make quick decisions and get the ball out faster, that can neutralize the speed of a lot of other defenses and kind of keep them on schedule um, and, and not let their offensive line get overwhelmed by really athletic pass rushes. And so far, they've done okay. Um, I think it's also pretty clear from what I can see that Chase Bryce is still getting acclimated. Uh, you know, he, he looks, he's talented for sure. I mean, he, he, you see flashes, but, um, I saw a lot of stuff in that Boston college game where it seemed like he just didn't quite have a command of what was supposed to be going on. Um, like he would throw a tunnel screen to a wide receiver who's running a different route, or he would throw the ball across the middle where he's just staring a guy down the whole way. Or, um, you know, he's like even small stuff, like he's doing play action fakes to running backs who aren't there and stuff like that. Um, I, I think that as time goes on, he'll get more and more comfortable, but I think Duke still has the same problem that they have in the past against UVA, which is I don't see a ton of guys out there that are going to like break the defense or go over the top. Um, so you can really play a lot and, and Duke's offense is so predicated on short throws and, and kind of misdirection runs that you can play up close to the line of scrimmage and really shut down a lot of that stuff, especially if you can get a pass rush. 
Um, and I, I, I kind of, unless Duke goes against their trends in this game, I kind of think that it's going to play out the same way. With their defense, I mean, their pass rush is really good. Um, they have two really good defensive ends in D. Mukherjee and, and Rumpf, who are really good players. Um, they have a bunch of other veteran guys. They're, they're secondary, um, even with the two guys that are gone, Blackwell and Gilbert. Um, they, they got beat a little too much. Their coverage grades last week against Boston College were pretty bad. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. And, and the guys that are going to be replacing them actually were fine. Um, they're, they're not guys that are like nobodies they've played. So, um, I'm interested to see what how it goes. I, I think the fact that normally I would say like, hey, UVA's dominance over Duke doesn't really mean a whole lot. But when you watch Duke and it looks the same as it does every other year that they've played, it, it kind of makes me wonder if if they're going to have another hard time in this one against a scheme that it's always kind of difficult for teams to stop if they get predictable. Let me let me piggyback off something Dave said. So he's talking about the you know the physical aspect of this, right? So so Duke does have an advantage in the sense that they play two games, and that's not something we should just you know poo poo away. Like that's a legit um, that's a legit concern for a Virginia team that didn't have spring ball. You know, has been has been basically practicing practicing against itself for twelve weeks. Something Broncos said this week though, I, I think is worth noting that essentially they have been during practice they it's been football, right? They have not been doing you know, two hand touch. Um, you know, he talked about early on, you know, in camp that like they had to, it took them a while once they got back, um, you know, for voluntary workouts and stuff, uh, excuse me for workouts and stuff. Um, it took them a little while before they could really, you know, kind of go. Um, when I talked to Griswold, um, you know, he told me, he said, you know, the guys did a great job while they were, while they were gone, but there's just no, there's no substitute for being together in an actual off season training program the way they would have been. And I, I, I thought, you know, in hearing those, I thought it would be a while, right? But it certainly feels like once Bronco and them, you know, transitioned to practice, they, ne- they, didn't, they didn't shy away from actually tackling, um, you know. So I do think to, on, to some level, you know, they're not in like a, um, you know, like Navy was, you know, against BYU where they, they hadn't done like really, he hadn't played football. But there's a lot to be said for the fact that like now you have to you have to face guys who who you haven't faced constantly whose tendencies you don't know. Um, that's a that's a thing. Um, the flip side of that is Virginia goes into this game with extra pre- preparation time, right? Um, which with this staff, given how much they you know they talk about how you know how far ahead of things they were because of the work they were able to do. I have no doubt in my mind that whatever Virginia throws at that Duke on Saturday is it's going to be advantage Virginia. Um, as much as I know that that physical deficit is real, um, I have every expectation that Virginia staff will come into this with a with a game plan that's going to work. I expect probably going to see Virginia in a lot of two tight end stuff um, because I feel like even if you have an advantage on the edges in terms of your wide receivers and cornerbacks. Um, your your wide receivers right now are still somewhat unproven. The way Bronco talked about Tony Poljan, man, it's hard for me not to think that that dude's going to be on the field and on the field a lot. And with these defensive ends that they're playing, even if you think the offensive line is going to be better than we expect, you know, better than we thought they, you know, were better than they were last year, so to speak, as good as we as many people think they're going to be, even if you subscribe to that, you got to do something about those defensive ends. Um, so then the question is, can Virginia run the football? Um, to me, and, I'm, and I guess as we start to transition into sort of um, 
prediction territory. It's cliche as hell, but that's the difference for me. Like, if Virginia can run the football and keep Duke from being able to, um, you know, to make them so um, so one-sided, you know, that was a problem that Virginia only mastered at times last year because they had Bryce Perkins. And this is no knock on Brennan. I just don't think Brennan has the skill set to be able to do it by himself. He's going to have to have the pieces and put them in the right place. Um, so to me, it's about Duke and whether Duke can stop Virginia's run. Um, I expect Virginia's defense to play pretty well. And everything I saw from Duke's offense last week made, did, didn't, didn't move me off the idea that Virginia was going to have an advantage in this game, just like Bronco has always had against Duke teams. For what do you think the – for Virginia's side of the, of the coin, what do you think the biggest factor is? Is it turnovers? Is it energy? Is it physicality? What's the biggest thing in your estimation for Virginia on, on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and I wrote a little bit about it in the preview. That's a plug. Um, Cast the, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at what they did last year, this is kind of staggering to me. And I didn't go back and look to see if it was the lowest yardage output they had in the season. But UVA scored 48 points against Duke with 300 yards, 307 yards, right? So, and for reference, they had like 389 yards or something against Clemson in a 62 to 17 loss. So, I mean, they barely moved the ball, but they scored 48 points. And it's because the defense was able to win the turnover battle um, and kind of put UVA's offense in a situation. This was a time before UVA's offense really took off where they were, you know, kind of struggling to move the ball, score in the red zone. Um, the Miami game was a week before, you know, where they scored nine points. So, um, they put them in a situation to be successful. And once they got the ball rolling, you know, the thing kind of snowballed. Um, so I think turnover battle, red zone efficiency, that sort of stuff is going to be key. Uh, cause Duke, I mean, they don't always have the most talented teams, but they are, they usually know what they're doing. Um, they're not going to beat themselves a lot, even though they, they've had trouble with the turnovers. A lot of that stuff is, you know, errors you know th those things can be corrected um you can't count on them to beat themselves is probably a better way to put it um you can't expect them to do that but last year uva was able to to really flip the the script on them and give i think uva scored like five times with short fields or something like that um it, it, obviously you're not going to expect them to, to go out and do that again but if they could steal a few possessions here or there it just kind of increases the you know the weight on Duke's shoulders to be able to overcome it on the road against a pretty good defense that and then obviously we don't know what UVA is going to get out of special teams because you know with Joe Reed gone like uh, you know what what does that look like obviously they returned a kick against Duke last year um, but yeah I really think it's going to be turnovers for both offense and defense forcing them and avoiding them because um, in the four wins that Bronco has over Duke I think they have 15 turnovers which is pretty crazy. Um, Hashtag that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they had five last year, and then the first year I think it was like six or something like that, and then they had two the other two years. Um, and UVA has been pretty safe with the ball. I mean, I'm not. They, they've definitely had turnovers in that stretch against Duke, but not nearly 15. Um, so I think it's going to come down to playing clean and and kind of being scheme sound. And I think it's good on defense at least that they have a lot of guys back that have played a lot and and know what they're doing. Dave, what do you think? What's the what's the biggest factor for Virginia this weekend? I mean, I think rust is number one. Like, you know, you've got first couple of possessions. I mean, it probably won't take more than two or three possessions to kind of even out the not having played thing. Um, but in a game that could potentially 
potentially be close. Like that could be a, a big deal. So, um, like obviously we've heard a lot in the off season and the extended preseason that Virginia wants to run the ball and be a little more physical than they were last year. The the question for me becomes like if that's not successful in the first drive or two, does that get thrown out of the window? Um, do we see more of you know the pass first offense, um, you know, quarterback run stuff? So that'll be interesting to watch. But yeah, you know, there is. I mean, I do think there is something to be said. You, you don't beat a team what, what, four times in a row now. Yeah, four in a row with Bronco, right? Five if you go uh, back five in a row with Bronco. Yes. Yeah. Um, you, I think there's something to be said. Our scheme makes what Duke does on offense more difficult for them, because um, what they do. Because we saw it when you know that fateful night while we were in South Bend last year, Justin. Um, <laughs> what Duke does on offense can expose certain defenses, but. You know, the three, four, it doesn't seem to do as well against. Um, so I think Virginia has a schematic advantage there because they're, you just can be so versatile with, with our, with, with, you know, the way Bronco calls the defense. Um, and, you know, and Duke, you, you got to figure out, you know, not only there, Duke does have the advantage of having played twice, but like we said, we, they don't have film on us. But the other thing is Duke hasn't played well twice, you know, they, they've moved the ball, but they haven't scored. They've played two games and have two touchdowns, right? Um, I think Chase Bryce had one, yeah. and then they had the long. And then they, yeah, the other one was just like a busted, busted defense play. Yeah, like 159 yard run or something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think Bryce has zero touchdowns, passing two interceptions, and one touchdown rushing. So, you know, at some point their confidence starts to waver. And something we've talked about in the past was, you know, what do teams look like when when they start getting their, you know, black eyes during a season with all these sacrifices required. Don't think they're there yet, but whoever, play, you know, if they lose again, um, I wouldn't want to be in Cutcliffe's shoes. So, um, like, they're not, they're not a bad team. I, we, we should have been talking about playing tech to start with where like, I'm going to be upset if Virginia loses any game, but like the, the fact that it isn't the rival when we thought it was going to be for a, for a little bit, um, makes it a little hard for me to to like i don't know like i i feel like some points i'm giving duke too much credit for what i've seen but i also think they're they're a team who's has beaten themselves and i, I do think cutcliffe's a good coach and I, if they can just play a clean game they're going to be a challenge i think that's it i think if is doing a lot of heavy lifting in, in that sentence um yeah it, it right. is it is the sign that real football is nigh um Ferber, in the preseason, <laughs> which, you know, for the record, you picked this game much yeah, later in the schedule 27 to 16. than you uh, than you um, than you picking it now. But you had Virginia win at 27, 16. Um, I think you said 67 percent chance for Virginia win. Um, how 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 do you feel now? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel much different. Um, I didn't think Duke was going to be particularly good this year. Uh, I thought that their defense would be pretty good, and they, I think they still will be. Um, Rump and Demukeji are good players, so UVA's offensive line is going to be tested. Uh, they do some really creative stuff with that, so I think they're just going to have to be good communicators and figure it out. I feel about the same. Um, I think that UVA's defense is, like Dave said, kind of designed to take away a lot of the stuff Duke wants to do well, and um, they try to go wide a lot. And UVA has those two really athletic outside linebackers. 
So I think that usually helps in space. Um, I kind of see it playing out similarly. I think maybe it takes a quarter or so for UVA to knock the rust off. Um, I could see it playing out sort of like the game at Pitt last year when they opened the season where, you know, it's kind of back and forth for a half, and then UVA's defense really plays well in the second half and, and puts them over the top. Um, I'm excited to see what Armstrong can do, but I, I do think that um, UVA is going to win the game. I'm going to say same score, 27-16. All right, Dave, in the preseason, uh, oh, wait, I, I, I did like this. We should keep doing this. What's the headline? What's the headline Sunday morning? Oh, uh, UVA wins with uh, takeaways. I'm going to say they have like three or four takeaways. Okay. Uh, Dave, in the preseason, again, this game much further than the schedule. You had uh, Virginia winning this thing forty-two to twenty-seven. Um, I, I I love I love how I just, I just need to throw Dave under the bus real quick. I love how you picked this thing to be a, a, a blowout, right? You had you had UVA scored forty on them, but okay? it was timing, right? Right, it's timing. But but now I mean, if I had just just going off your 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 comments, it's like there's a part of you that sounded scared, and I'm like, wait, what is happening? But I get it. It's the it's no the, no no. Yeah. But this is also how it works because it's like you start off. You're like you watch the team play the week before, and you're like, this team sucks. And then the closer you get, you're like, yeah, eh, they're not no, as bad they're as not I that thought. Bad. And yeah, then when game true. time comes around, it's like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> like, All right. So I can't even remember what I can't remember what the other schedule was. I guess at this point, Virginia. I think when Virginia played Duke in the original schedule, they'd already played Clemson, right? Yeah, we're right. Yes, the old schedule. Virginia yeah, I mean they Duke only moved November. it up what like a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I got to be honest. Playing Clemson is probably going to prepare Virginia more than scrimmaging well, no, against no, no. himself. Listen, so, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Clemson, Clemson was in the old <laughs> in the old new schedule was game two. Yeah. Duke was game nine. Right. Duke was moved up ahead of it. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, there's yeah. like there is no like I don't know why y'all are thinking like there's any reference to Clemson. I mean they were like deep into the season by the time. They yeah, that's right. They, they, it was moved up from November. Right. That's right. So yeah, it was right. it was yeah. not, okay. it was seven weeks earlier. Okay. Yeah, but I'm saying like at that point I probably had Duke like one and six and they had checked out. So whatever. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do think Virginia wins out. a game because. <laughs> I mean, I do think Virginia wins the game because of what I said. Like, I, I, schematically, I think what we do defensively is hard for Duke unless they play an absolutely perfect game. Um, and they could, but they haven't proven that so far in two games. And you have to, you know, you know and I think Virginia is going to be a little more amped up for this one than Duke is, who, as Cutcliffe has alluded to, complained without complaining. Um, this is their third game that they're the season opener for their opponent. So, you know, no film. While I'm worried that, you know, Virginia coming out might not be ready for the physicality that Duke could, you know, could present to them. There's also the fact that Virginia can come out and stuff Duke hasn't seen. Um, I don't think the game will be decided in the first quarter unless it's a negative way for Virginia. I'd, I'd be sort of shocked if Virginia's leading like 21, nothing after the first quarter. Um, so, but, I, but I do think like Justin, like second half, adjustments or whatever duke's doing that's different um getting that lather on you know kind of getting into the game i do like i i do expect the virginia defense to be very good this year um if, if there is a question mark it's at you know the cornerback spot just maybe not nick grant but whoever's playing the two like cross or or bratton whoever it is but i don't know if duke's the team to expose that so um or at least they haven't proven to be so far unless they've got some guy sitting on the bench they're going to pull out. I mean, um, they literally haven't completed a pass over 20 yards. Yeah, exactly. So, 
so for that reason, I, you know, I'm confident. And I do think Virginia is going to try to be physical at the line of scrimmage. And I think Armstrong's underrated. Um, you just read between the lines. Like, uh, I don't know that we'll run the ball as much as they like, assuming Walker doesn't get the waiver between now and Saturday. Um, you know, so we'll see. I, I think Virginia wins it by a comfortable margin. I don't, it won't be 42 to 27. I don't think unless Duke turns it over five or six times again. Um, I'll have Virginia winning it. Let's say like 28 to 17 ish. Um, game probably close until the second half, but they pulled away late. So one thing you were, you were talking about earlier, the idea of, you know, Duke's played, Virginia hasn't played, you know, physicality. <laughs> and one thing that I was thinking about as you were, um, um, hedging a little bit back and forth there. You're like, oh, you know, then you're like, well, Armstrong's underrated. I was thinking, I was like, that's what I do. It <laughs> cover my bases. I was thinking, like, I, I almost wonder if, like, the excitement of being able to play football again, like, if this was Clemson, right? A team that with, you know, or let's just refer, let me rephrase that. If they were coming up against a team that was 2 and 0, that was feeling pretty good. That had, you know, you put some stuff out there, and clearly some stuff was clicking. They weren't really searching for answers, you know. Like maybe I'd feel differently, but I kind of wonder if the excitement of finally being able to play football counteracts the sort of um, the lack of familiarity when it comes to playing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I wonder if like the energy that they're going to bring to this simply because they finally get to play football. Um, doesn't counteract a lot of that lack of physicality. Now, granted, if somebody hits you in the mouth, you're not ready for it. But I, I just feel like, I don't know, man, I kind of feel like these dudes are going to be chomping at the bit. Uh, in the preseason, when this thing was supposed to be in um, November, I had Virginia winning at 37 to 10. I don't think Virginia will score that many points just because I, even though I think that the, that the, the offense will be fine, I just don't think they're going to score um, that well against a, a, a Duke team that I, I think has, you know, to Ferber's point, some really talented guys on the edges. Um, even though I, I do wonder um, how – I feel like Duke is going to be very susceptible to the pass, but that's not, I think, the place where Virginia really wants to be dominant. I think they want to be able to run the football. And I, I do think that this is an opportunity for them to to try to put that on display. Now, whether or not they're successful at it, I guess kind of depends on how the offensive line performs and <laughs> who plays where and all that fun stuff. Um it kind of just feels like a 21-10 game to me. Like, I just feel like Virginia's going to have some moments. Um, put Duke in some in some tough spots. Virginia's going to make some um, some hay out of that. Um, in in I forgot to ask Dave his headline, but I think mine is going to be steady as she goes. I feel like Virginia's just going to kind of just go out there and it's going to be relatively unremarkable other than just that it happened. Um, but I think that's that's the name of the game. So give me... Virginia twenty one ten. Dave, what's your headline the next day? Uh, we football. <laughs> Fo- exclamation point. They played it. <laughs> I mean, I love it. Football. I mean, honestly, that I think that's the story. Even if Virginia loses, I think the fact that they got a game in to me is the headline. All right, so the sub headline: if they lose, will be not so yeah. great. <laughs> um, well, heck, if you, if Ronnie Walker gets the waiver this week, it'll be something about him playing. Um, all right, in the zombie season. Zombie season A. <laughs> um, Virginia, this should be Virginia's fourth game of the season. They should be playing at Clemson. We're going to assume that you guys would have thought Virginia was 2-1 and one at, at this point in the zombie <laughs> season, having lost to Georgia and Atlanta and then having beaten 
VMI and UConn. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we were all going to predict UVA to lose <laughs> this game um, in Death Valley. What um, is this? I can't. My brain is about I to know. explode. It's so funny <laughs> to me, though, because like I have had so, – so full disclosure. So what I do – Right when the ACC announces the schedule, is I just take a screenshot of UVA schedule and I leave it on my um, on my desktop. And I'm I'm a minimalist, right? I'm not one of those people who has like a million files all over the desktop. I just have like five or so, I have like three folders and a few files, and that's the thing that sits up there until it's time for me to put it in my my calendar, right? Um, just so I can like have it in case I need to think about like all right, what road trips am I taking and stuff. Well, that thing sat there and until when when the ACC announced its revamped schedule, I, I just left it on my screen and so it's been fun for me because like every once in a while i'm like what's happening in alternate 2020 and yeah virginia's two and one getting ready to go to clemson right now um for a game that i think we all assumed was going to be bad um but then it was going to set up a really nice showdown in 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 uh, charlottesville with uh, carolina next week um it is so weird to me though that now we have two versions of a schedule that didn't happen right so you even though right now as of least they've had one game canceled one game moved excuse me they've had one game canceled then they had one game f- that filled in an open week and then they had one game that was postponed now is at the end of the schedule and then they had one game that was moved from the 14th of november to the 20 to excuse me to the 26th of september um it's just <laughs> It's just kind of crazy, and it, I don't, I don't, I don't track it, it just is. because it's because I'm going to hammer it home. I just think it's it, it's just freaky, you know. Like it's just so it's such an un I hate to say the word. I'm sorry, everybody. Unprecedented situation. Like of all the things that I ever thought I would ever cover, an empty Scott State, like an, a literally empty Scott Stadium, right where like regular fans could not come. You know, like it's not a practice. I mean, I've been, I've been there when they did football and there was nobody there. Right, I've been to practices and stuff. This oh man, it's just uh, it's just weird. So anyway, so yes, in the in the zombie schedule. But part the funny two, thing is, uh, go ahead, Dave. No, go ahead. Sorry, now, I was gonna say the, the funny thing is, even even in zombie schedule part A, Virginia's five hundred coming out of the Clemson game, and most likely when we finish the Clemson game this year, if we're right, we'll we'll be one and one. So what what really is that different? Virginia's five hundred, except now they have a conference win to be one and one instead of be starting zero and one in conference. So, uh. Yeah, weird times. We should probably um, – well, hold on. Let me get my other thought out. Um, we, How do I explain this? In zombie season number two, okay, so at this point, Virginia would have played VMI, gone to Blacksburg, and this was supposed to be their open week. Yeah, they'd be off this week. So this was going to be so they'd you know either be you know one and one and one or two and zero oh, um, before they get ready to go to Clemson. Um, also, the whole thing was like, oh, UVA's got a buy before Clemson. That's cool. That was a that was like <laughs> well, Clemson still has a buy, but UVA doesn't have one anymore. Yeah, that was remember that was those were the days. Those were the days. Um, we should. Uh, probably take a percentage of this game actually happening again we are recording this on wednesday night i would imagine if the thing's gonna get canceled it happens tomorrow so if you know if you if you're looking for the date you know and just for the record there's no indication that it's gonna be yeah for sure no i was gonna say did i miss something and i would say <laughs> if this one gets canceled saturday morning is more likely 
Interesting. Why do you, why do you feel that zero way? positive? Yeah, because there's get, they get schools. the Friday test results back Saturday. Yeah. See, I would think, Which see, is here's a my thing idea. is like, if, if they tested Monday and now they're going to test today, if they get two positive, two negative tests that far removed from anything else, um, the idea that they're going to have enough negative tests, excuse me, positive tests to reschedule the thing. Um, they yeah, just, I mean, I think if you get I would to agree, tomorrow and everything looks tracing. good, then I think that the the, uh, the the probability of there being like a really bad result on Saturday is lower. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I would but say I mean, like this. That, yeah, at this point, like you know, who knows? So the chances that, let's let's think of it like percentages, right? So a percentage <laughs> chance that it doesn't happen at this point, the fact that you get to Wednesday, right? It's like it it's it's an order of magnitude higher chance that it happens because we are at Wednesday, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I would say we're north of 80 um, in part because we have gotten to Wednesday. If we get to Friday, I think you cut that at least in half, if not more. Um, well, we got to Wednesday, but we haven't gotten Wednesday's results. True, yet. but my point is, but but here's the thing. Is it like uh, they yeah. tested on yeah. Monday, They pre- presumably there were no positives, right? And yeah, then they went Bronco all day. Said there were no positives. Right. Yeah. And so what well, I'm saying for both teams. Right. Mm-hmm. And then so oh, yeah. then we've gotten through Tuesday and nobody's showing any symptoms and nobody canceling any practices. And then we've gotten through Wednesday where it was a normal work day. Right. So nobody canceling any practices. Da, 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 da. So, yes, you're right. We have not gotten the results for Wednesday, but we are at Wednesday. Like if you think about it, all of these other games that are getting canceled, most of them happened by Wednesday. There was one. Which one was that? They got canceled on Thursday or The North Thursday. Carolina game the other day got canceled like the day before. Right. Um, yeah. But that one was, I mean, like the USF game got canceled today. But also, I, I do think that there is a difference with these non-conference games where it's like they don't, they're not as important, right? That's true. And, yeah. and these G5 teams, part of the problem is they don't have the resources to test at the level the ACC does consistently. That's true. They have yeah. to do it when they play. But they, you know, when they play the ACC team, they have to follow whatever rules the ACC gives them. But you'll you'll notice, I mean, like these these group of five teams are getting problems at a much higher rate than power conference teams. Yeah, they are because they yeah. just don't. I don't think they're testing enough because uh, they're just yeah. they don't have the money to do it. Right. The other thing with the USF game, like I think USF plays next week, right? A conference game. Right. So by them postponing by canceling this weekend's non-conference. Anyone who's in contact tracing is good for next week. Yeah, I think in, in the way that the way that it read at first, I was like, "Oh, this is terrible." But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, "This is a non-conference game." So basically, for anybody who doesn't know, Notre Dame had some issues. They they have people in that's in a quarantine. nice summation. Notre Dame had some issues. Yeah, <laughs> and USF just played them, and there's a concern that they might have had some positive. Notre Dame might have had a few potentially COVID positive players playing, um, even though they had tested negative. Um, at the time of the game. And so USF out of caution was like, we're not going to practice for the next couple of days while we review everything and figure out like who was at risk and all this stuff. And I think from what the release says is that them and Florida Atlantic, basically Florida Atlantic was like, if you guys don't want to play, that's fine. Like, we'll just move it. Like it wasn't yeah. like uh, USF was told them like we have to cancel. Cause they made a point of saying it was like a, a collaborative choice. Um, so FAU was probably like, we can just play it some other time. Or whatever. I don't know if their bye weeks align. So, but let's yeah, I mean, I think let, that, that that's just like a case, smart right? thing. But yeah, so because you know, if it was just canceled because of possible contact tracing, that could be a big, you know, I don't, I don't know what their euphemism is. They're, they're, they're 
equivalent is, but yeah, I mean, that could be a big problem going forward. Yeah, I mean, for for the future, it's kind of ominous because it's like, okay, um, this would be and the first time we tested negative we, Monday, right? So yeah, so USF could be fine, but what I mean is like it's ominous of the idea that like one team could have it and then pass it on. But honestly, we don't even know that. We just that's 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 just possible, right? So like we don't know if anybody got it from that game. Um, for this particular game, it, it seems to me, and and also it's worth mentioning that Duke did play Notre Dame ten days ago or whatever. Um, Notre Dame, I believe, had a couple of players sit that game out. Um, as far as I know, I mean, because they played again. So obviously Notre Dame didn't have an outbreak after that Duke game because they played again. Um, yeah. So I think that's a good sign. And Duke played again. So I would say that, I mean, obviously you're not completely out of the woods at the 10-day mark, but I I feel pretty confident that Duke's not going to run into a bunch of issues from the Notre Dame game that they played on the 12th. Yeah. Um, All right, I'll say 80% 80 chance as of right now, but I feel pretty confident that it's going to get played. Ferb, what do you think? Um, I'll say 90. Um. I know that might be a little bit too optimistic, but UVA has. We know that at, as of right now, UVA doesn't have any problems. That's that's better than almost everybody else. And a lot of these other teams are playing with. Like I said, Notre Dame has had players sit out the last two games with COVID. They've announced it. Um, Missouri has been very transparent, and they have seven players that are unavailable for their game on Saturday, but they have every intention of playing it. So. Even if you have a positive tomorrow or for our Saturday, it doesn't mean you can't play the game. Um, everybody else just has to be negative and symptom-free. So, so I think as long as UVA doesn't have some really bad thing happen in the next couple of days, they'll be fine. And I don't, I don't know of any issues that Duke is having. So, I mean, I guess if you if you want real certainty, ask me like Friday. But um, <laughs> well, we don't do a podcast. I, I feel pretty. I feel much better about this game getting played than almost any other game on the schedule. Yeah. I was going to say is that one thing that Bronco did say, um, was it Bronco? Yeah, it was Bronco that they have essentially moved things around in the huddle. So that guys who play next to each other, yeah, that's crazy. You know, it? aren't standing next to each other any more than they have to. Um, and it, it, they basically have a skill position between the offensive linemen. Yeah. Which I thought was so, kind of brilliant. Um, yeah, which, is. which it, it's stuff like that. It's stuff like that that, like, I, I listen to Bronco talk, and, like, I'm like, this dude gets it. Like, you might think he's weird or that he's got some, make some whatever decisions, but, like, that dude thinks about literally everything. Like, I, yeah. I, I, maybe, that's a th- maybe that's a thing he picked up from some colleague somewhere, and, I, and there are a whole bunch of schools doing it I'm not sure of. But, man, when he said that, it, was, it made the most sense and also was, like, the most out-of-the-box thing I could think of. Um, yeah, and I mean, he said the other day on his coach's show that I think it was on the coach's show that he talked to Dave Clawson. Um, yeah, yeah, at Wake. So it's like he's trying to like see what other people are doing, you know? Yeah, um, he was built for this. But that's he what really I mean. Was. Like, even if you, <laughs> he really the, was. the way that I the way that I feel about it, unless we get some very shocking piece of information that we don't have, um, and runs counter to everything we know, even if UVA has problems with COVID in, at the in the season at some point, I'm gonna think that he did everything he could do. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Whereas a lot of other situations, like I'm not necessarily saying you put it all on Brian Kelly, for example. Like it might not be his fault um, per se, but I feel much better about the idea that like if UVA had a problem, it wasn't because they weren't right. in the situation, like in a good position. Yeah. Right. You so. wanted you wanted to say Justin Fuente. It's okay. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you like, did. I mean, obviously, like, their situation's a little different because they had multiple issues yeah, throughout. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A long period of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, not every outbreak is like, ah, they're not following the rules. Oh, Sometimes yeah. you just get bad luck. Yeah, I mean. That's true. People I know that, not people I know specifically, but people I think are probably being responsible are getting it. I, I mean. mean it's a, yeah, it's a pandemic, you know. I just, you know. Dave, what's your percentage so, yeah. of this thing getting played? I mean, I'll go 75 just because I don't know where Duke's status is. I do think it would have to be, like, jarringly different results tomorrow morning or Saturday morning from Virginia for the game not to be played. I mean, Bronco was talking about – I can't remember if it was a coach's show or a press conference, but he basically said they're three deep at coordinator. So I don't yeah, think Bronco's going to yeah. cancel it, even if you have seven or eight guys. Yeah, he positive. said they're three deep at, co- at coordinator. Unless it's all and, quarterbacks. Uh, what was it? He he said something. It was it was during the press conference. It was he. They're three. Yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech. He said not, if they get to, below three, they probably can't play. Yeah, not not to use Virginia Tech as a shining example, but they said they have like a sheet, which basically is like if this person is there, isn't there, this person steps up to their duty, and if this person isn't there, then this you know like a backup yeah. coordinator coach plan or something. Yeah, which I'm so, sure uh, everybody has. Yeah, so I mean, I would say 75 just because I don't know what Duke's doing, but. That's what I mean. Even if UVA has like, like, let's say, like, I don't want to go through like all these bad scenarios, but like, what if tomorrow, like, they have three positives? I don't think they're just gonna not play. No, um, that I think they'll play unless it's like an entire, unless you get below your acceptable. Because I guess the ACC never officially ratified an acceptable. They don't number. have a policy for that. They basically so said like it's up to the it's up to the medical director, right? Yeah. Which, which you know, is going to be, hey, coach, what do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. Right, because the medical directors—they're only appointed because of the coach. Like, can we, let's be honest. Unless it's if a Bronco situation where to, you have like a ton yeah. of positives, and it's just very obvious what to do. Right. If Bronco or Fuente or anyone else went to their athletic director and said, "I don't like this medical director," there'd be a new medical director. Mm-hmm. So that's just honestly that. Or they would, yeah, trait. exactly what you said. They'd be like, "Hey, coach, do you feel like you can play?" And if the coach is like, yeah. "No," you know, <laughs> Sorry, I got you, coach. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is weird. Like, I also like. I do feel like there's – it, it's almost um, – it, it's terrible in, in some sense. Like there seems to be a, a lot of Tech fans like rooting for Virginia to get COVID oh, yeah, because yeah, – yeah. But I, I will say probably because of how a lot of Virginia fans have acted about it, which is why I think we've on the podcast said, hey – Yeah, it's what we were talking throw, about last week. Stones. It's not a competition. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, there's two victories each week. Do you get to play and do you beat your opponent? Um and, you know, I was a little nervous last, you know, we didn't hear results on Tuesday. Uh, you know, Bronco, you know, in the coaches show said, said no positive. So, and we didn't get and, anything last Friday either. So, and again, like, like, uh. <laughs> and I think what we see from the USF thing, and obviously that was non conference and that's whatever, but it's not, it doesn't take like 10 guys testing positive. It, it could take the right guy testing positive who's been in contact with multiple dudes who, who make your team. Fail. And and Bronco and everyone who's doing all their best, all it takes is one slip up. Um, so the guy, I'm trying not to take victory laps, and that's why I will never probably you'll probably never hear me say 100. Um, percent If well, you might with me, but, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like it's just a weird year, and I think look, if Virginia gets positive, like there's going to be backlash. You know, if we get some positive, even if it's one positive case, there's going to be backlash on Twitter. And if you're someone who listens to this, who's prone to like reply to that stuff 
you probably shouldn't have been replying to start with. All right, let's be it real. It is a though. pandemic. Dave's Dave's current current topic is essentially please don't will this into existence. That's what he's saying, folks. No, it is. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of what it is. That's exactly what you know. Saying. David, who likes jump on tech all they can. Yes, like, yes. Dave's like, please, no glass houses. Let's not. Let's not. Let's yeah. just. And you know what's funny though is it like what you're. Well, just, also, it's the same exact thing I was trying to say before. Is like you can do everything right and still get it. If UVA has a positive test, I'm going to assume it was like a thing that happened in class or something. Um, yeah. It's possible or whatever. I don't necessarily feel like it was somebody who stepped out of line. It just happens. Yeah, I mean, um, and it's the same. The it's library. the same thing. It's the same thing with anything else. It's like you don't know like how somebody got it or whatever. So you can't sit here and be like, ah, it's because they were being irresponsible. Like you don't know. So it's like yeah, until yeah, that's true. Unless the guy comes out and says they all went to Myrtle Beach, then it's like. But it's okay. also it's not like Bronco has a magic wand that that's can like true. make guys not get it. Right, and like, and, I, and, and anybody again, and anybody who's anybody who thinks that is an idiot. No, <laughs> like, you know, it's not like they're impervious <laughs> from COVID. No, right. and I, I think we we'd be doing a disservice. Like I'm sure not everyone listens to the podcast follows like day to day news at UVA. But like, you know, the president put, you know, Jim Ryan put out a bunch of restrictions yesterday, like no more gatherings greater than five people, Um, you know, mask all the time unless you're in your private residence and then no leaving Charlottesville for two weeks. So there are issues on campus. So a lot of them are being caught early, which is great for the health of the kids. But, um, you know, I could tell you, like, I can't remember which, which library it was, but there was a library that had to closed down for two hours because they couldn't get kids to wear masks so they kicked them out and cleaned it so that's all it takes is a player being (laughs) exposed that way who's doing his right thing but someone else isn't um so yeah you know don't be beating your chest like like i think our staff has everything done well dave right now life happens yeah if you want to beat your chest about that that's fine if you want to say like we're doing a good job that's that's fine yeah but you don't want to you don't want to sit here and say like we're good and you're not good (laughs) because that can change in a heartbeat like i would just like to state for the record that what dave has has been trying to articulate here is what i what i would describe as classic uva syndrome right where it's like (laughs) pokies talks crap in my in my entire existence okay Hokies talk crap about literally everything all the time and they don't care right historically in my existence uva fans just enjoy the silence right that they don't historically in my existence talk a lot of smack they literally just enjoy the fact that you can't right that's basically what dave's saying he's saying don't talk smack and create a glass house that then has to break Right. He's asking you not to will this to happen. And I mean, that's up to you. But um, it's it's just funny the way uh, the way you're like you're almost like more worried about the what people say about it. It's just funny. You're you 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 can't let it go. It's like it's like you're just wor- it's like you, the more people talk about it, you're like, God, you're just cursing us. You're just jinxing us. Um, I kind of am. I know. I know. I know. I know. I got that monkey off their back with a cup. Let's not like one victory <laughs> match because they had to postpone the game. It's always so funny to me that you're also the dude who always picks UVA to beat Tech. It's just great. Um, I was right. <laughs> for once, right? If you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on, let's see, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that they have podcast programs. Um, we should be there. And if we're not, let me know because I want to be there. Um, and if you're so inclined, please give us a rating or review. Helps to get us out in front of more people. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod has not given us a look yet, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Oh, God, what do I even have on the site right now? Um, uh, so I talked to Mandy Alonzo today. I, he, he said this was – I thought was really interesting. He said that they were devastated. Um, there was devastating news when they found out about the tech postponement. Um, so that was interesting. I, I did a 3-2-1 off of Broncos press conference. Got some notes on that. Um, 
there were a handful of like random rival stories that I, I I've linked to. Um, one about Jawan Briggs being the third best pro- prospect to get out of Ohio, um, which I found kind of fascinating. There was another one for Twitter Tuesday that Bossy had was talking about UVA's uh, freshman class, and hopefully soon we will continue to talk about football. But somewhere in here we'll 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 squeeze in some some hoops talk. So give us a look at the uh, at the website. We very much appreciate that. All right. So again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.